When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever Dog Hi Anna Hi, Andrew. And hey, everybody else. And welcome to our podcast. Scary, scary stories, stories to tell, to tell on, on the pod. pod. It is a podcast about scary stories, urban legends, scary things you tell us about that happened to you. And uh, we're both comedians, so it's um, sort of stupid and chatty <laughs> and disorganized. And honestly, a lot of people like it. So I, catch up. It's I'm really touched. I'm really touched that that people um, can finagle their way into enjoying us blather on about spooky things and us being soft people. Yeah, it's nice. It's um, we're very soft. We're very scared of things, mm-hmm. and we are. We like to giggle. Ugh. <laughs> to be in your 30s and giggle is like humiliating. I know it's, it's like it's a real challenge. It, that's really that's really clawing on to the last days of youth, giggling. You know. I know we're both deeply. In our early 30s. Right. And it's um, it's like giggling feels on par with being like, I just scraped the icing off my cake. It's like, well, in your 20s, you can get away with saying that. In your 30s, people become worried. My favorite part of cake is the icing. <laughs> like, what you, you need both and you know that. <laughs> so, Anna, uh, as we record this, it is Super Bowl Sunday, which is canonically the scariest sports day of the year. It's really scary because if you think about being scared as like a heightened amount of um, adrenaline and uh, wanting or not knowing, mm-hmm. um, that that's what our football guys are dealing with in a big way. They're thinking, God, I don't know if I'm going to win and I really want to. Right. It's emotional terror on the on the part of the sportsmen who we worship. We worship them. We like that they're strong. And <laughs> if they aren't strong enough, we'll We'll be mad at them. We will be mad and they will be shipped off in a Zeppelin to the moon. <laughs> and strong men don't do well on the moon. No. It's all cheese. Yeah. Famously. Aren't no, no lean that. protein on the moon. They don't have the enzymes anymore to digest cheese. <laughs> and it's all they have to eat up there. And it's just all other football players who are like, how did you lose the Super Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> and that's why the moon looks like that. That's why that's why it's craggy. All the crags are individual muscle beefy men. <laughs> Those are the beefs. Those are the beefs. Um, the beef in the moon. Um Anna, did any Well, that's our podcast this week. Um <laughs> thanks for t- <laughs> Oh my god. Anna, did anything spooky happen to you this week? It did. Um the spooky thing that happened to me uh well there's two spooky things. One is that uh, currently in New York City, um, it is a snowing, Ooh. and the snow is gripping. It's like a very wet, heavy, clumpy snow, which is nice. Oh. It's like fluffy, clumpy. Oh. Um, like the snowflakes are p- 
people people and are just clinging to each other and falling. I love that. Um, so all of the branches are like white and it occurred to me that it looks like a horror movie about winter. <gasps> I, um, I like love winter all, horror. It, it looks winter horror. Winter horror. Um, yeah, it, it looks like uh, Christmas decorations of what a snowy tree looks like. And it occurred to me like, oh, not every time it snows does the snow really stick to the branches like that. That's true. And it looks like the branches are going to sort of reach out and sort of snatch me and Ladybird, and <laughs> oh. Jason's going to have to come and find us. In this, are, like, I guess in this situation, is Ladybird Shelley Duvall or are you Shelley Duvall? I think we're all Shelley Duvalls. Um, <laughs> she's a family of Shelleys. No one... No one is very butch. No, that's not true. Jason would be. Um, Jason has long quarantine hair and a wild quarantine beard. So he's definitely more of a Jack Nicholson energy, yes. if not look. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and I I don't know. I guess I'm the ice cream that Danny eats. I think that's <laughs> who I identify with the most overall. I think that's the best thing to be in that universe. I think so, too. And also um, a scary thing is that I had a dream that Jason sold all the furniture or he sold all the tables in the apartment and just I was like, what, what was your plan? <laughs> he was like, no, it's better this way. Our poor okay. significant others, because all you can have dreams about is your significant other because it's the only person that you really see or have any sort of meaningful interaction with. Um, I've had the same thing with Chris where I'm constantly having dreams about Chris doing things that he would never do. And he's like, what subconsciously is happening? And I'm like, you're the only person I see. So that's, I think where the dreams are coming from. Like what? Um, oh, let's see. I had a dream. Oh, there was a period of time where I was having dreams where, where Chris and I were like leaving on a trip and he would, um, be departing without me. And I'd be like, what, what? (gasps) Which is very not Chris. I mean, Chris, Chris is very emotionally involved when like, if we're flying and there's like a seat next to us and we take off, he's like, Oh, I hope whoever, I hope no one was sitting there because if we took off without them, that would just be awful. Oh my God. One time I'm just, he is a human deer. I'm going to brag on him for a bit. One time we were flying back to LA and uh, the aisle seat was empty and we were like, Oh, this is so great. And then at the very end, we saw a very old woman, uh, with a walker coming back, we were like, oh, this is certainly her. She came back, she sat down, and all of a sudden she was like, huh. she stood up and she was like, where's my husband? And she wouldn't sit down again. And she like summoned over a, um, a flight attendant and was like, I'm so sorry. My husband was right behind me. I don't know where my husband is. And then they like went and checked on it. And then the flight attendant came back and was like, ma'am, I'm so sorry. Your husband got held up at security. At the TSA line, and he's not going to oh. make the flight. And she was like, "Oh my!" And she was beside herself, and she got off the plane, and um, and it was like such a heartbreaking, awful thing. And then Chris <laughs> immediately tweeted at JetBlue and was like, <gasps> "Hi, the person sitting in this seat and her husband who has bleeding sitting behind her were very distressed. They had to get off the plane. He didn't make it. We're we just want to make sure that they're like taken care of and are okay." And JetBlue, to their credit, tweeted back like, we found them. We've gotten them some meal vouchers. They're on the next flight out. They're in good spirits. But thank you so much for telling us and alerting us of the situation. Which was a very sweet thing, I thought. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's very sweet in that Twitter understands that, or brands understand that Twitter is much more public than like emails <laughs> yes. to them directly. And uh, it truly, if you're ever like, I can't get Airbnb or whatever to respond to me, if you tweet at them, like kind of immediately. It's true. It's true. Um, oh, but a spooky thing that happened to me this week. So I'm on hiatus. The Miracle Workers room uh, ended a couple weeks ago. And boy, I've just been watching nonstop um, off the beaten path scary movies. Um, oh. But but lightly scary ones. I will say almost a year ago, I think at this point, we had an Australian listener um, recommend the movie Picnic at Hanging Rock to us. And I finally watched that movie, which is like very light, unsettling horror. Like nothing visibly frightening happens, but it is a very haunting film, which I recommend if you're looking for like a soft, spooky experience. Always. Um, And then in that other vein of scary movie, I watched one just last night on Hulu uh, and it's called Little Joe. And it just came out. Um, it, it co-stars the voice of Paddington, Ben Wishaw. <laughs> um, Good. That was the only actor As I recognized. Uh, but it's and it's very creepy, good science fiction horror that, again, is not like slashy, jump scare, frightening things. But it's about a um, scientist and she invents a plant that makes you happy. It's like it's pollen makes you happy. And, um, but then gradually as it's like, as like different coworkers are exposed to the pollen, they start acting differently. And it's a very creepy, like soft, subtle twist on, um, a little shop of horrors, I think, uh, just in terms of like a plant that gradually takes control of you. And it's very spooky and good. If you just want, again, some kind of. Uh, um, not viscerally demolishing scary movie, but something that's going to haunt you and make you feel weird for a little while. What's the name again? It's called Little Joe. Perfect. The plant's called Little um, Joe. Well, well, damn. Well, okay, damn. Cool. Well, um, those are the scary things. Uh, should we dive into our story now that it's ten minutes in? I'd love it. Oh, good. Um, So as you all may know, we are dedicating the month of February to a February-based scary story Mm -hmm. from the Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark books uh, by Alvin Schwartz with illustrations by uh, drawings by Stephen Gamble. They don't call them illustrations. That's true. Um, And uh, the story is called The Trouble. And we started it last week. So if you haven't listened to last week's, you could go back if you want. Um, and uh, we read we, when last we left, there's it's 1958 in a suburb of New York City. It's a Lombardo family. Tom and Nancy are the two siblings and they're they're 14 and 13 and uh, bottles in their house are popping their caps all over the place. And when last we left, the just weird things are happening in the house. They don't know what's going on and things are like moving and falling to the ground. Um, and they called the police and a detective has been assigned to the case and he doesn't believe in ghosts and he's trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Um, and he's also going to involve some experts. Okay. That sounds good. Okay. Tuesday, February 11th, the bottle of holy water that had opened a week before opened a second time and spilled two days later. It spilled again. 
Saturday, February 15th. Tom, Nancy, and a relative were watching TV in the living room when a small porcelain statue rose up from the table. It flew three feet through the air, then fell to the rug. Monday, February 17th. A priest blessed the Lombardo's house to protect it against whatever was causing the trouble. Thursday, February 20th. While Tom was doing his homework at one end of the dining room table, a sugar bowl at the other end flew into the wall and crashed. Detective Briggs saw it happen. Later, a bottle of ink on the table flew into a wall and broke, spattering it in all directions. Then another porcelain statue took off. It traveled 12 feet and smashed into a desk. Friday, February 21st. To get some peace, the Lombardos went to a relative's house for the weekend. While they were gone, everything at home was normal. Sunday, February 23rd. When the Lombardos returned, another sugar bowl took off. It flew into a wall and smashed to smithereens. Later, a heavy bureau in Tom's room toppled over, but no one was in the room when it happened. Monday, February 24th. By now, Detective Briggs had talked to an engineer, a chemist, a physicist, and others. Some thought that vibrations in the house were causing the trouble. They could come from underground water, they said, or from high-frequency radio waves, or from sonic booms caused by airplanes. Others said that the electrical system was the cause, or downdrafts coming down through the chimney. The popping of bottles was blamed on chemicals the bottles contained. Tests showed that there were no vibrations in the house, there was nothing wrong with the electrical system, and there were no chemicals in the bottles that would make them pop. Then what was causing the trouble? None of the experts knew. But every day, the Lombardos received dozens of letters and telephone calls from people who thought they did know. Many believed that the house was haunted. They thought that a poltergeist was on the loose. The noisy ghost that is blamed when things move around on their own. No one has proved that poltergeists exist, but people everywhere have told stories about them for hundreds of years, and what they told was not too different from what was happening to the Lombardos. Detective Briggs did not, of course, believe in poltergeists. He had begun to believe that Tom Lombardo might be to blame. Whenever something happened, Tom was usually in the room or nearby. When he accused Tom of causing the trouble, the boy denied it. I don't know what's going on, he said. All I know is that it scares me. People said that Detective Briggs was a tough cop who would turn in his mother if she did something wrong. <laughs> no. But he believed Tom. <laughs> Only now, he didn't know what to think. Uh, that feels like a natural ending point. It sure does. Oh my frigging God, y'all. Detective Briggs, villain. <laughs> Detective Briggs or hates his mother. I know something's his going on. Is here. a criminal. Not everything's right at home. Would you Would you turn in your mother if she did something wrong? No. I mean, no, I I don't. No, no, I don't think so. Your mother buys a gun and kills the neighbors in cold blood out of a spite because she's mad at them. Well, let's see. I, well, I'd want to get to the bottom of it with her for I, like I'll I'll talk through with my mom first. <laughs> Oh my God, it's so crazy that 
I, I, in the last week, I've heard many people say that if their family members committed a crime, they wouldn't tell anyone. And <laughs> that's shocking to me. <laughs> and I think I might be a narc. <laughs> like, I was like, of course, if my brother murdered somebody, I would tell, I would turn him in. Of course. Yes. I think it kind of depends on the family member. I think like, I, I think oh like God. extended family, certainly. I think if, I think it was, I think it was, was within my own family, knowing their histories and backgrounds, I would, I would be like, I would just want to be sure that that's what happened before I, before I alerted the authorities. You know what I mean? Oh, same. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not eager to get rid of them. But, you know. <laughs> wow. Okay. The, the, this plot really thickens. I can't get over the, the drastic shift in tone of this story from just about every other story in this book. Say more. Um, the absolute fascination with minutia and little things happening and the categorizing of them mm. in this way. Um, scary stories in this series, as we know, often operate in large swaths, big moves, head falls down chimney, dog is rat. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's true. Um, and in this one, it's like the chemicals in the bottle were suspected to have contributed to the pop popping off. But it is very scary to talk about scary phenomena in this clinical way. Yeah, like, again, like we talked last week about how the fact that it's like a log, like a diary of what's happening makes it feel much more real. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, yeah, just like the minutia also makes it feel like, oh, this is scientific. Therefore, it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like watching celebrity ghost stories on like the Learning Channel, you know? <laughs> well, they're famous. So it's got to be true. <laughs> famous people are scientists. Jane Lynch saw Jacob Marley um, <laughs> is the vibe. I don't know if she did. That's really good. Um, um, so God, there's a lot to cover in here. Yes. Um, something that I remember as a kid reading these books was like, I also had questions about like, obviously I'm curious about like what's making the bottles pop and what is making these statues fly around the room, which like statues flying around the room is like the height of Catholic mysticism. Mm-hmm. Like it's really satisfying when we get to that point in the story, just picturing like a porcelain Virgin Mary, just like doing donuts in the sky. Um, but also I was like, there's a second thing where like the same bottles are spilling over and over. Are they like magically replenishing with the fluid that was in them? Oh my. Like if they spill, I was like, is it like a time loop where the bottles, like another part of the mystery is, that the bottles are like mystically being refilled. Mm. That's a really good point. I didn't even yeah. think of that, Anna. Yeah. Like the idea that the electrical system would be making them pop. It's just so annoying when it's like, well, what could theoretically invisibly make something move if it were crazy enough? Yeah. And the answer is never going to be like the answer to what's making bottles repeatedly pop and go crazy all day, every day. Right. It's just like, it's so they're just they're playing themselves in a big way. That's what is it's like when when we talk about um supernatural happenings and people are like the the thing that is physically possible is more likely than the simple supernatural answer. And also like uh religious iconography flying around yes. and like the holy water popping it becomes very scary. I know. It's like is it a demon? Is this something that doesn't like, you know, 
proud Catholic families outside of New York City? Is is it that? Right. It's like it's like when um it's like if your shampoo bottle got dirty. <laughs> Like, don't do that. Yeah, a bar of soap can't be dirty. When the when those commercials came out, I was like, well, I don't know what's what. I also have to say that the image of Detective Briggs, first of all, I've accidentally cast Detective Briggs as Andrew Farmer <laughs> um, in my mind, which is you. <laughs> Thank and you. the thought of him seeing a sugar bowl crash, like him actually seeing it happen in real time and seeing a sugar bowl blast into the wall is like funny. Yes. And also, like, such a moment. Like, you just, it's very much uh, um, David Harbour in Stranger Things. I know. We we love seeing a hard-boiled um, authority figure see supernatural things and be like, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. It's nice. And then they see the supernatural thing, and there's, like, a moment of bonding between them and I know, the I family. And also, oh, nice. we're, we're first getting to Show inter- us more of that. <laughs> yeah, please, Hollywood. Um, we're also getting the first actual mention of the term poltergeist in here, which is an interesting thing to drop. This was the first time I think I understood what this term meant as a kid. You had already seen the movie. I had, I had probably watched about eight minutes of the movie through my fingers and then ran into my room and (laughs) screamed into a pillow for the following four days. (laughs) The, the skeletons in the pool. Skeletons in the pool. But, um, but yeah, it's the the idea of a noisy ghost who is not necessarily connected to a house is that's very scary. Oh it's, yeah, a free agent ghost it's is scary terrifying. that it's people. Yes. Yeah, it's like in um, Paranormal Activity where they find out that it's not a ghost; it's a demon, and that it's Ugh. not attached to the house; it's attached to the person. It haunts. I want to watch that movie and be so scared that I can't sleep. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it sucks to be so scared that you can't sleep from scary movies as an adult because you really need that sleep, you know? <laughs> it's true. I'm scared a ghost is going to grab my ankles. I can't come in tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> I did not. I'm going to take a personal day today. I uh, hope you understand. That uh, is Jim is going to cover. The dumbest thing <laughs> about being an adult and being afraid of things that don't exist because that is true. I've had many work days ruined because I could not go to sleep because I thought there was a hanging woman in my closet. You know? <laughs> so, like, hi, hope this email finds you well. Um, I've CC'd Randall who can speak more to this, but <laughs> there's a lady in my closet and she's going to grab my feet if they don't under the, if they're not under the blanket. And so... I'm going to work from home today. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Having, having like in a way response, an automated response in your email being like, uh, due to the fact that I think a ghost has my shoes, uh, it might take me a little longer than normal to send an email response. I may be away from email. Cause I may be hiding in the bathtub with a blanket over my head. Cause I think that <laughs> ghosts can't go in bathrooms. Rediscovering my faith is a form of protection. <laughs> Um, I think I'm Catholic now, so I can't come to work. Um, <laughs> um, so also okay. the idea of like going to a sister's house to get away from the ghost oh. and that nothing happened in the house when they were gone. So scary. Um, I, it made me wonder if Detective Briggs was in their house while they were gone, which also seems like a scene from a movie. Yeah. 
Like just this like gruff, hardened New York City cop kind of looking at their tchotchkes and stuff. Just like checking to see if the golden grams are stale, you know? Yeah. Oh, you, you got two teens in the house. Nobody's pushing that plastic bag down inside the, the cereal box. <laughs> it's not happening. It is not happening. Um, so, okay. So I'm, I'm very flattered to be cast as Detective Briggs. It kind of feels like we can cast whoever we want as the parents. Or should yeah. we wait until the story concludes before we cast the parents? Um, I can't tell. I guess maybe we should talk more Detective Briggs options. Oh, yeah. Um, um, I do think David Harbour makes sense. Yes, I was thinking Regina King as David, uh, as Detective Briggs could <gasps> oh. be interesting. Oh, my God. That would be so amazing. I Someone cast oh. her in a supernatural crime thriller stat. Maybe like a young uh, David Byrne. I've been watching. Uh, Jason and I started watching Stop Making Sense. Oh, young, in, in a huge blazer. Giant. Yeah. And just like deeply Irish looking in the face <laughs> and like so thin because he is sprinting around the stage every night and... I think um, I'm sure I've told because I'm sure we've cast uh, David Byrne before and maybe I've told the story of the podcast before. But um, he was working on a workshop of uh, of a musical that he was doing at the public in the in the studio that Anna and I went to at NYU. And occasionally I just hear him talking oh in the hallways and he talks in the most endearing way, like a speak and spell like he is. It's as though each word is disconnected from the other. Where he'd be like, I think I want a Diet Coke. Uh, if someone could get that, please. <laughs> it was like one of the most, like, dependably, I would hear him outside that's, in the hallway talking and I'd be like, this is astounding. So polite. Oh, my God. That's so amazing. Yeah. I also have to say that when you said that Anna and I attended, I this is a scary thing that happened to me this week. I thought, who's Anna? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Well, it feels like we kind of covered everything. I think um, so. I'm very excited to read uh, next week's installment. I hope everybody else is too. Are you enjoying this serialized version of the podcast? Sound off in the comments. But please um, make them nice. And the for- comments is a, a, a shoebox that's just in your house. You open it and just and say what you think. Even, even if the form of, of sounding off is something we'll never hear, make it friendly. Make it nice. You know? Oh yeah, we like it. Um, well, good. Well, Anna, thank thanks you, so much Andrew. for reading today. Thank you for being here, also. <laughs> and everybody Friend. else, get, get out. out forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Scary stories to tell on the pod is executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Produced by Tracy Soren. Original theme music by Chris Ryan. Cover art by Bats Langley. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcasts.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcasts on YouTube at youtube.com slash foreverdogteam. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Forever Dog Team to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news.